All right, hey, let's uh, pray together. Father, we love you, and it's so good to be gathered here as a church family to sing and worship and now pray to you, Lord. And Father, we thank you for sending your Son. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming to die on the cross for us. Uh, we look to you now and pray you'd guide us uh, through this time in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, well, hey, welcome, everyone, to FBC. We are so glad that you're with us here for our Good Friday service. Good Friday is uh, this special time where uh, once a year we have this evening service on Friday of Holy Week, and we look at the cross and remember the sacrifice of Jesus for our sins. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a heavier service than normal, and you've probably already sensed that, right? It's one of remembrance and reflection. And I mean, on, on Easter Sunday, in just a few days, we're going to celebrate and party, and there's going to be donuts, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. But tonight, right, we feel a bit of the weight of the cross and our sin, and so it's meant to be uh, more of a somber time together. See, the cross of Christ is at the center of our faith and our message. It's this place where we see these seemingly conflicting themes of Scripture come together. God's love and God's justice. God's wrath against sin and God's mercy for sinners. One of the image, images that scripture gives us to make sense of the cross is that of a cup. Again, the image of a cup. You heard it in the reading, and we'll jump into that in just a minute. But before we do, think with me for a moment about how we got here, how we got to Good Friday and the cross most of us are familiar with the story of Jesus who came on the scene in the first century as a, a Jewish rabbi announcing the good news that in him the kingdom of God was arriving. In him and in his ministry, uh, he was the long-awaited Messiah the, the savior, the, the hero of the story, the savior of the world that the people of God had waited for, the one who was to come and deal with sin and evil and brokenness in our world and bring healing and restoration and redemption. After working miracles, after powerful teaching with authority, after claims of divinity, claiming to be God himself, claiming to be the uncreated creator here in the flesh, there was growing conflict <clears throat> with the religious leaders of his day. They were threatened, and they did not believe him, that he was the one true God from the beginning of time that was now here in the flesh. And so they schemed and plotted against him to have him arrested beaten, crucified. What we just read, what Kristen just read for us from Matthew 26 is right before Jesus is arrested. It's actually on Thursday evening of Holy Week. He uh, has the Last Supper with his disciples. He knows his hour has come. 
He's in the garden with his disciples, and he prays to the Father. And you saw the language he used. Look at it again with me in verse 39. It says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. And then again, look at verse 42, just after he prays a second time. It says, he went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. It says, given me. Awake, rise up of the for through this acts two the Bible clearly it couldn't be clearer sinful we read about and vulnerable we want, right? Uh, Lord, to confess our that wasn't just for like a few of well that, you know, do, do your business. No, that, that's for all of us. Every single one of us. So the cup of judgment then will be poured out on us left. There was dude who would drink the cup for us. There's a great book called The Prince. We read it as a family before we came here. Just today. It retells the story of the cross, and it uses this language of a cup. It describes a certain kingdom rebelled against their king and broke their king's heart, and their own hearts grew hard and dark. But the king loved his people, and so he sent his son, the prince, to drink down the poison cup of judgment on behalf of the people so that they could be healed and made well. And so Jesus looks ahead to the cross of Good Friday and says, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? This is why I came. This was the mission he goes as our substitute, drinking the cup so that we wouldn't have to. And now the good news then, right, Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. 1 Peter 3, 18, for Christ, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Christ suffered for sins. Christ drank the cup to bring you and me, to God, to reconcile us to the God who loves us because he loves you. Ephesians 2 tells us because of his great love for us, 
God who is rich in mercy. Even when we were dead, he made us alive with Christ. So God, God sees you and he loves you and he knows your name and your story and he wants a relationship with you and he made a way for you to be forgiven so that you wouldn't have to drink the poison cup. So whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. And so we sing of the wonderful cross and we sing of the goodness of God and just, just in a few minutes we'll sing Jesus paid it all. Now realize that's not the end of the story. Um, believe it or not, there's more than one cup involved in the story of the cross and the gospel. Not just tableware once, twice, two cups. First we saw the cup of judgment and wrath that Jesus drinks. He drinks one cup, but there's a second cup, a cup that Jesus offers us to drink. The Jews in the Old Testament uh, would, would gather each year to celebrate the Passover. Uh, it was a time when they would come together and remember how God led their people out of slavery in Egypt. He, he led them out of, of slavery to Pharaoh and he saved them and he brought them to freedom, crossed the Red Sea, and though judgment fell on Egypt, they were protected by the blood of a lamb on their doorposts. And each year at the Passover, during the meal, uh, there would be four different cups of wine that they would drink and would be in remembrance of something specific. The third cup of the meal was called the cup of blessing. It was a cup of wine, and it derives its name, the cup of blessing, from the prayer that would be offered with it. The host leading the meal would say a prayer before offering it, saying, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives us the fruit of the vine. And it was at the Last Supper on Thursday of Holy Week that Jesus took that third cup, the cup of blessing, and said those famous words, This is my blood of the covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Making a clear connection Right? That, that his death was a new Passover, a, a greater Passover where, where he would be the lamb of God to die for the sins of his people. And it's by his blood that they would be protected and led to freedom. He's told his disciples to take the cup in remembrance of him. And in the early church, they took the elements, the bread and the cup, remembering him this truth that we are blessed and find life when we receive the work of Christ on the cross. Elsewhere in John 7, Jesus would say this, on the last and greatest day of the festival, he stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You realize Jesus drank the cup of judgment from the Father, and now he offers to us the cup of life, the, the, the cup of blessing. If we're thirsty, come to him and drink. If anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. He says, rivers of living water will flow from your heart. The power and presence of God will transform your heart and your life forever. Forever. 
We have an opportunity to remember this truth, taking the cup in Jesus' name when we, when we come to communion as a church family. And so you hopefully got the communion elements as you came in. We're about to take those in remembrance of him. Uh, warning, they're a little hard to open, so you might want to start now if you haven't already, trying to get those things ready. Um, and actually, I misplaced mine. Um, if you want, is there an extra back there? You could, in, a, in a minute. Oh, thank you, Kristen. Apologies. Um, communion is, uh, again, an act of remembrance of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, uh, his broken body, his shed blood. Oh, thank you, actually. I, thank, thank you, sir. And it's, uh, it's offered for anyone who is a follower of Jesus. So you might be here tonight. Maybe this isn't your home church. Maybe you're visiting. Um, we invite anyone who is, is a follower of Jesus and has surrendered to him and put their faith in him as Lord and Savior, invite you to participate with us. I'm going to pray for us in just a moment, and then we're going to take the elements together. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we again, together have confessed our sin just a few moments ago, acknowledging our great need for a Savior. And we thank you, God, that you are just, that you deal with sin. Sin is not swept under the rug. And yet because you are so rich in mercy and a God of great love, Lord Jesus, you went to the cross uh, for us, as our substitute, in our place, dying so that we could experience uh, life. And so, Jesus, we take these elements in remembrance of you, your broken body on the cross, your shed blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and broke it and said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, this, this cup is, is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me.